Hi, and welcome to the Cybex Hot Mom Walk podcast. Cybex started this series as a recent study found 80% of women at three months postpartum say they feel more alone than ever. Designed to help mitigate feeling isolated, the Cybex Hot Mom Walk podcast series aims to help moms across North America cope with the feeling of isolation in a huge identity shift. Hey, I'm Marley Cohen. I'm a Toronto-based lifestyle creator, a fitness trainer, the founder of the online health and fitness platform for moms called Bounce Forward, and a mom of two girls, a two-year-old and almost four-year-old. I was so excited to find out that I was pregnant with my first. We had been trying and it felt like the right time, so I was really excited. I was starting to feel you know, fine in my pregnancy. It started off strong and then Things uh, started to take a shift, I would say, when my body started to change and my cravings started to change and I started to develop aversions. I share my life on my Instagram account called Kale and Crunches, and I had never felt more removed from anyone called Kale and Crunches in their entire life. I felt like my account should have been called Carbs and Calories or Bagels and Butter or something like that because that's all I started to eat. I wasn't working out whatsoever. I was still seeing my clients and trying to teach my classes as best as I could with this growing belly and changing body. But really, I was starting to feel so far removed from this identity that was so centered around health and fitness. So as well as I was feeling, and I was feeling fine. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. More uh, mentally, I would say it was more challenging on me. Those first three months when you aren't really telling anyone about your pregnancy were particularly hard because I felt like I had to still live up to this persona that I was sharing online. I was hiking my pants up to my boobs so no one could see my belly, you know, using good lighting. And it felt like a really big burden and secret to carry. I did feel like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders when I did announce to my fan- friends and family and my online community that I was pregnant. And then <laughs> it also felt like a little bit more pressure now because people were so interested in how I was going to maintain health and fitness while I was pregnant, what I was going to share, how my life was going to change as I brought a baby into this world. And I think when you share your life online for such a long time and you go through this um, big family change, I think there's also just that added pressure that makes it hard. Okay, I am the most squeamish person in the entire world. Can't get a blood test, can't get a pap smear, I will faint on you. It's happened before. And my birth plan was don't look, don't ask, don't tell. I went in and I was like, however you need to get this baby out of me, I'm good. I don't want to hear about it. And as someone who is a pre and postnatal coach. You know, I've, I've watched the videos and I've learned what I needed to learn and I've, I know about unmedicated births and so on and so forth. I personally had no interest in that. I'm good, I'm good for the epidural. I don't wanna know if you need to do the episiotomy. Pull out the scissors, don't tell me. So that's what I said to the nurses. I would say overall, it went to plan and that there were, they were, you know, whispering and hushing and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't really know what was going on, but it was, the hardest experience of my entire life. I always say it was the craziest workout of my entire life. So, you know, the baby had been born and it really, those first few hours, maybe the first 24 to 48 hours in the hospital were pure bliss. I was on a high, maybe from the epidural leftover, who knows, but I was just like, this is the life. I have my beautiful daughter and, you know, it felt really good. 
And then it was time to take her home. And we got into the car and my husband was driving. I remember my mother-in-law was in the front seat and I just started to panic in the back seat. I was sitting in the back with the bucket and I just started to have a full on panic attack. And I kept saying like, okay, there's nothing wrong with you, um, you know, you're okay, the baby's safe, you're safe, you're fine. I came home, family and friends were over, which in hindsight, this is also was super triggering and I didn't realize having so many people in my space with bringing home a newborn um, would be that triggering. And, you know, we had dinner at my house and si I have three sisters, siblings were there and, you know, we had help, we had a night nurse. Like we were, were coming from a lot of, you know, support and help and privilege. And I remember thinking, why are you freaking out right now? You have a healthy baby all is well, you have all the support, like there must be something wrong with you that you're this panicked. And the next day I picked up the phone and I called my uh, family doctor and I said, I think I have like postpartum anxiety or depression right now because I'm, a, I'm losing my mind here. I'm absolutely terrified. I can't breathe. I'm having a full panic attack. It's lasting now at this point, you know, almost 24 hours. Like there must be something really wrong with me. And she said, Marley, when was the baby born? And I said, you know, at this point, it was like three or four days ago. She's like, have you slept yet? And I said, nope, I have not slept for one second yet. She said, okay, well, you know, first thing you need to do is you need to try and sleep because no psychologist is going to even be able to diagnose you with anything until you get a little bit of sleep here. So what you're feeling is normal, you know, just try your best to get some sleep, which is also, you know, not necessarily the best advice to give to a new mom. It was really hard to sleep. But that was my coming home story with the baby. I was in a full panic attack and I felt so much pressure to share what I had been seeing on Instagram, which was bringing home the baby to this calming environment, cute outfits on her, cute bows, perfect Instagrams. And meanwhile, I am sitting here terrified to go to the bathroom because of how painful it is, in a pad, bleeding everywhere, still looking nine months pregnant, totally freaking out. And I thought, well, I'm either going to share the real nitty gritty of what I'm actually experiencing right now, or I'm going to delete my social media and start you know, a different job eventually, because I cannot present the lie that I have been seeing all over social media all these years. So sharing that real and raw experience of my postpartum really just changed the trajectory of my just life online. And I, from then on, was sharing everything from you know, real life motherhood to the newborn phase to being covered and spit up to all the sleep regressions and everything. So it definitely changed how, not that I wasn't sharing the realness before, but I thought it was really important to sort of curate this life online for what I thought people would want to see. And then ultimately I realized that um, people just want to see the real and raw and the nitty gritty. So that continued on in sharing my life with my motherhood. And then eventually about a year later, I guess I got pregnant with my second. And again, this was deliberate. We were trying. So I was really, really excited. But of course, those fears of now knowing about the fourth trimester <laughs> did come on. But I tried to just, you know, stay positive. And also you're so busy with having essentially a baby at home still and like a one-year-old, I guess, at the time. So um, my life and everything mentally was still just focused on her and I feel like I didn't really give myself a lot of time nor have the time to think about what was to come in nine months from now. So I realized honestly that community is everything when it comes to motherhood. First and foremost, when I was going through my experience of being really anxious and dealing with my postpartum anxiety, 
I had reached out to a lot of my friends and asked them, did you feel this way? And I wasn't the first of my friends to have kids, mind you. A lot of them had, you know, some toddlers around. So they had a few years experience on me. And every single one of them had said that they had been through it. And I can even think back, and I still kind of get chills thinking about it. I can think back to moments where I met my best friend's babies and saw something in their eyes and didn't realize until I had my own kids what they were experiencing, that fear, that anxiety. And I apologized to a lot of them and said, I am so sorry that I wasn't there for you the way that I needed to be or the way you needed me to be. You don't know until you know. And they all said that to me, like, you know, you can't understand until you go through it yourself. But I really did feel this guilt, like, wow, I was coming over and maybe coming even potentially coming over empty handed. Like, no, 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 never come over without a snack for the mom, please. The baby doesn't need a gift. The mama needs some food. And, you know, I just felt like I didn't show up for them the way that I should have. But again, you don't, you know, you don't know until you know. So in terms of a close family and friends, there's that aspect. But I think also in this world we live in where we do have so many online communities, which is so wonderful, I felt that I needed my online community as much as they needed me. They needed me to share the realness and the info and all the gadgets and gizmos of you know what you need for a baby, but I needed them to tell me that what I was going through was normal too. So for me to share the you know the postpartum and fourth trimester rawness and for them to say I felt that too, it was equally important and I think I really leaned on my online community a lot then as well. One of the main reasons why I started my online health and fitness platform for Moms Bounce Forward was this aspect of community. One of the messages I would get on Instagram all the time is, I feel like you're the mom friend that I w didn't have or that I need, or I'll hear from women with you know grown children saying, I wish I had you when I was going through this. So to me, that really stood out as there's a need for some sort of community to be created where we talk about the realness of what's actually going on and we make it accessible and we make it normal to share without judgment, without fear, what we actually feel in motherhood because there's so much pressure to make it seem like things are okay, we've got it together and maybe it's generational, maybe that's what we learned from our own parents or what we saw in the past. And I think that, you know, just to have that raw space of trust and openness and acceptance is super important. So I wanted to create a community, but I wanted to tie it back into something that's really not only um, my passion, but you know, my, my job, my what I'm trained in, and that's health and fitness. My relationship with fitness really changed when I got pregnant because for a while, it sort of felt like fitness was this way to it wasn't, to be honest, the most positive relationship with myself. It was maybe a way to make myself smaller or to negate something that I ate that day and or to fit into the trends that I was seeing on social media. It wasn't always the most positive relationship. And I was very, I was coming from that all or nothing mindset that was like, if I ate well that day, I worked out. If I worked out, I ate well. But if I had something that, you know, to me wasn't considered eating well, then maybe there was no point in working out. And I really suffered from that all or nothing mentality. When I got pregnant with my first, I couldn't eat well. It, there was no protein and vegetables. I had an aversion to pretty much everything except, like I said, bagels and cheese. So. But I still wanted to work out because I realized that it was just ingrained in me and made me feel good and it had nothing to do with the food that I was eating and had nothing to do with what I looked like because my body was, the changes that were about to happen were completely out of my control. And I really developed this important and beautiful relationship with fitness where it was more about my mental health and about my well-being 
and about longevity. So that's something that I took with me into postpartum. You know, thank God, because I think if I had that relationship with fitness going into the postpartum phase where, by the way, I most of us still look pregnant for weeks after, right? So there's, and this is where Bounce Forward was sort of born from. There's this misconception that you're just going to bounce back. There's this pressure to bounce back. Our motto in Bounce Forward is screw the bounce back because no matter what you do, things are not going to look the same. And that is both physically and that is mentally and that is in your lifestyle. You don't have the same amount of time. You don't have the same body, nor should you. You just grew a human. You birthed a human. You, However that baby came out of you, things changed, they needed to change, <laughs> and they should change. So there's a lot of um, mindset work around that that we also teach in Bounce Forward, this radical acceptance that things aren't going to look the way they did, and they shouldn't, and uh, to learn to be okay with that. So fitness and health, really, that my whole mindset around that completely changed, again, postpartum, and with that came learning how to be okay with your workouts looking different too, right? It's not always going to be an hour in the gym. Sometimes it's a 20 minute walk outside and actually 20 minute walks outside are, or inside if, depending on your climate, are programmed into the Bounce Forward weekly schedule because it's so important not only for um, your physical health but your mental health, This, you know, these 20 minute walks. And I wanted to teach people that sometimes if that's all you can do, that is good enough because there are health benefits to walking. And on top of that, if you can only get five minutes in, let's say you start a workout, you can't finish it. I wanna teach the importance of building habits and consistency versus the end result and versus completing things and being perfect. So if all you can get on you know, a Monday is five minutes, a Wednesday is 10 minutes, and a Friday is 15 minutes, and that's still better than zero minutes, right? So I think there's a big mindset shift around, well, there's no point in doing anything if I'm not going to get an hour in. Let's flip that narrative and let's do a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, so that when we do have time eventually down the road, we're not feeling like we're starting from scratch and it all adds up. I think if you're going to say anything to a new mom, start with you're doing an amazing job because I think most first-time moms feel like they are failing constantly and they're always comparing themselves to others. And just don't comment on what the mom looks like. Don't comment on the baby. Just just say, you know, you're doing an amazing job. How are you feeling? Those are the types of things I would suggest saying to a new mom. The worst thing you can say to a new mom, there's a lot of them, like sleep when the baby sleeps. Like, yeah, we're just not going there. But I really still to this day don't appreciate starting a sentence with just wait just wait till they're older just wait till your second comes just wait to this because what you're doing is you're you're not validating what the mom is going through right now and a mom only knows or a person only knows what they know in that experience so to say just wait sort of makes it it feel like what you're going through doesn't even compare to what's to come so it's not only instilling fear but it's also just you know making it seem like this there's this lack of worthiness to what the mom is feeling in that moment. So I really try not to start any sentence. Sometimes it, you can't help it and you'll be like, oh, just wait till, you know, it's, it's, it's innocent, but it's really not, I try and be cognizant and not say that at all because I really would get frustrated and still get frustrated when people are like, well, just wait till they're teenagers or just enjoy it now. Look, like I am enjoying it now, okay? But I can also say that it's hard. 
I wish I had known more about the fourth trimester. I always say that when I went into my pregnancy, I was prepared because I was a super auntie to my twin nephews who are now nine. <laughs> now I roll my eyes at all the times I told moms, like, oh, I'm prepared. I have these amazing nephews. Like, I was not getting up with them in the middle of the night, okay? You know nothing <laughs> until you have your own. So I wish I had known about the fourth trimester. I think there's a reason why... Maybe it's not as talked about because you don't want to scare a new mom, right? You want them to feel good. You want them to be excited. But at the same time, it's a missing chapter in those books. It is the hardest trimester of them all. There is a lot of physical recovery and mental recovery. I didn't know I was still going to look pregnant for as long as I did. I didn't know I was going to have a full-blown period. I didn't know that it. I was going to be so swollen like a balloon. My ankles were like three of my legs put together from my epidural. There were so many things that I now know are normal, but I didn't at the time. And I felt like it could really easily be a chapter in a book, right? <laughs> and I think it's a missing chapter. And I would have just, I would have liked to have been more prepared. And I think that there's maybe a sensitive way to tell moms, you don't have to scare them because it still is a beautiful experience and you still want them to be excited. You don't want to ruin that experience for first-time moms, but I think it's also really important to educate and normalize the physical and mental aspects of what comes with the fourth trimester, with the hormones, with the different types of recoveries, whether that's a vaginal birth, a C-section, right? I think it's, I think having that education and awareness is really important. Thanks for tuning in to the Cybex Hot Mom Walk podcast series. Follow for more updates at Cybex underscore USA and tune in next week for a new episode.